I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash the debaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada! We know nothing succeeds like Sussex. From the home of 24 Sussex Drive in Ottawa, it's the Debater! The Debaters, where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now here's a man who has an excess of laughs, Steve Patterson! Welcome back to the debaters. Always great to be here in our nation's capital, Ottawa, a town filled with great monuments. <laughs> One of them is a structure on the grounds of the parliament buildings called the Whispering Wall. Apparently when you sit at one end and whisper, it travels along the curve of the wall to the other side, where someone can clearly hear what you've said. They say if you sit on the left side of the Whispering Wall, you might just hear the secret behind why Justin Trudeau plans to run for prime minister until the end of time. <laughs> and if you sit on the right, you'll hear Pierre Poilievre talking to his decorator about plans for Rideau Hall in all CBC buildings. <laughs> just because it's true doesn't mean it's not funny. <laughs> time now to meet two debaters whose talents are no secret. This comic discovered that time waits for no one, so he canceled his Time Magazine subscription. It's Vancouver's Ivan Decker! Ivan Decker! One of our finest coming out to the stage, looking confident and ready, as always, taking his place to my left. Hello. And this comic thinks a lasting impression is best in cement. It's Ottawa's own John Steinberg! Hometown John! making his way to the podium to my right. Your topic is one that isn't just pillow talk. A good night's sleep. Is it the most important thing for our health? One of the best parts of this gig is that I usually get to fly in the night before and head straight to the hotel, where I put the Do Not Disturb sign on, put on my show clothes, and sleep until just before showtime. <laughs> and sleep... I want to say this out of the bottom of my heart. Sleep is especially easy to achieve in downtown Ottawa. <laughs> I really mean that. There's literally no activity between 6 p.m. and whatever time some of you go to work. <laughs> now for a debate that we would like to put to bed. So, whereas studies have shown its numerous benefits to our mental and physical health, be it resolved that nothing is more important than a good night's sleep. Ivan, you're arguing for this, please. You have two minutes, starting now. Ivan Decker. 
Thank you so much, everybody. Over the past uh, 365 days, my wife and I have conducted an intensive sleep deprivation experiment. <laughs> That's right, she had a baby. <laughs> I come to this debate not with only theoretical knowledge. I've done the field work. Through this, we have plunged depths of tiredness that would make a snoozy college kid's bones explode. <laughs> I feel like parents should have exclusive rights to complaining about being tired. People without kids who say they're tired, it doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> a childless person is like, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, well, go to sleep right now. Just lie down. <laughs> Why would you not? What's stopping you? You don't need to keep anything alive. You can sleep for as long as you want. You'll wake up to the same world you fell asleep to. I can't do that. I can't just go to sleep whenever I want. I could wake up a felon. <laughs> My opponent is gonna tell you that sleep is not important right now, and you're gonna believe him. You know why? Because it's evening. <laughs> Nobody cares about sleep right now. It's the furthest thing from our mind. The stock of sleep is very low. Sleep stock goes way up in the morning. Nothing brings more evidence to the importance of sleep like a snooze alarm. <laughs> that is when you will shave pieces of your life away. <laughs> 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> First alarm goes off, oh, I don't need to shower today. <laughs> I'll wear deodorant. 10 minutes later, I don't need breakfast. <laughs> Why not be hungry and tired? That'll be a treat for my coworkers. <laughs> Third, I'm gonna miss the train. I'll steal a car, that'll be fine. <laughs> Fourth alarm, I don't need this job anyway. I hate everyone <laughs> that works there. <laughs> Just remember this, sleep improves your mood, health, emotional stability. So if you don't want to sleep for yourself, fine. But sleep for us. Because <laughs> when you're tired, you're just awful to be around. <laughs> I have no choice but to be awful. Because I have a baby. <laughs> but if you have a chance to be good, why not take it? <laughs> Get some sleep for the good of humanity. <laughs> Thank you. Ivan Decker arguing on behalf of sleep. And I'll be honest, I don't know that I've ever seen an Ottawa audience this passionate about a topic. <laughs> now, here to ask the question, if a good night's sleep is so healthy, why do cats have nine lives when they only nap? John's going to run with it. Here's John Steinberg. It was rock and roll legend Warren Zevin, who invented the term, I'll sleep when I'm dead. He, of course, is now dead. <laughs> or should I say sleeping? but you gotta respect somebody that makes a plan and follows through with it. <laughs> now, if the name Warren Zevin doesn't immediately ring a bell for you, 
He's best known for the classic song, Werewolves of London. Yeah. Yeah, see, some of you know that one. Well, that's not all. Also, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. Yeah, couple people. Right. How about uh, the cult classic, Lawyers, Guns, and Money? Well, I see I'm getting diminishing returns. <laughs> But I could stay here for hours and hours, <laughs> just listing off increasingly obscure Warren Zevin songs. <laughs> but I'm told my opponent has somewhere he needs to be. So. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those people that needs to sleep every single night. That, to me, is a sign of weakness. <laughs> Thank you. John Steinberg, on behalf of Sleep. We got ourselves a debate here, and it's time now for the Bare Knuckle Round. We're debating whether nothing is more important than a good night's sleep, so rest assured. If you snooze, you will lose. <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, but if you think you can win this by just sleepwalking through it, well, dream on. Because trust me, this audience will nocturne on you. <laughs> so time to wake up now. So, so Ivan, says that only people with children are allowed to talk about being tired. Basically, he's forcing me to kidnap a child <laughs> in order to win this debate. Yeah, I can think of one. Maybe you could take mine for like a bit. Like, <laughs> give it back. Or if I need to sleep, I could just have you list Warren's even facts again. <laughs> That was pretty oh, good. I got more. <laughs> I love it. I think it's what's great about uh, people who have never had a baby is they know, like when they haven't slept, they'll tell you how many hours they got. Yeah. What a luxury. You actually know? It wasn't just a fever dream of screaming and waking up and walking and lifting and diapers and then trying to sleep again? That's fun. That's pretty cool. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know the same experts that tell us to get eight hours of sleep a night are the same experts that tell us we should have two drinks a week. <laughs> the math doesn't add up. But... Okay. All right. That's the bare knuckle round, everybody. Time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions about a good night's sleep brought to you by the drowsiest hip-hop star in the world, Jay-Z. 
WebMD.com's list of surprising reasons to get more sleep includes sharpening your brain, boosting your mood, and helping you fight what? John? Zombies. <laughs> Not what I have here, but I'll give you a point. Ivan Decker? Uh, it helps you fight the people in line ahead of you at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Good answer, too. Uh, the actual answer is germs. Helps you fight germs. <laughs> Harvard Medical School advises to get a good night's sleep, only use your bed for two activities. <laughs> sleep, and what else? Ivan. Uh, staring at the ceiling, trying to sleep. Good answer. Good answer. One and a half points, John Steinberg. Blanket forts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the real answer is sex, but Ottawa liked that answer better. So. <laughs> Three points. Three points, John. In Johns Hopkins recommendations for new parents trying to get adequate sleep, parents are advised to feel free to skip what? John. Feedings. <laughs> No, childless John. No, that is not the answer. Do not skip feedings. Hyphen. Uh, unwinnable debates. <laughs> the answer is skip household chores. Because Johns Hopkins is a pseudonym for Steve Patterson. And that's the firing line, everybody. It is almost time for our Centerpoint Theater audience here in Ottawa to pick a winner. But first, here again to tell us it's pointless to spend your every waking moment trying to sleep. Let's hear one again from John Steinberg. In my day, all you needed for a good night's sleep was a small pile of hay and a pointy stick to keep the bears away. <laughs> now there's an endless number of things you can spend money on. I got uh, white noise machines, noise-canceling earbuds. My Airbnb here uh, even has little cameras pointed at the bed to watch you sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how that helps, but... <laughs> They're trying a lot of different things. That's my point. Uh, you might think you have a great mattress. Well, how long have you had this great mattress? Because according to the experts, you're supposed to replace your mattress every seven years. Your sheets every three years your pillows every two years, your pillowcases every 28 minutes. <laughs> A lot of people don't know that last one. <laughs> yeah, I sleep with a big sack of brand new pillowcases next to the bed. 
my alarm to set to go off on the half hour. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> John Steinberg, sponsored by pillowcase manufacturers everywhere. <laughs> now here to put John in an eight-hour sleeper hold if he can. Let's hear again from Ivan Decker. Being a parent is like being Batman. You have to do your regular job all day, but then at night, instead of sleeping, you must fight crime. <laughs> the crime of dirty diapers and empty bottles. You see, your body doesn't really need sleep. You can prop it up with an armature of sugar and caffeine, but your brain, your brain needs sleep. Because your body can trick you into thinking it's fine. You're moving around, you're walking, you're wearing pants. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you cry. <laughs> you cry real grown-up tears at a commercial for soup. not okay. <laughs> the premise of Batman makes sense now, because only a severely sleep-deprived person would be angry enough to dress like a bat and punch poor people. <laughs> Thank you. Ivan Decker. All right, audience, it is up to you to pick a winner, center point. How many of you were willing to follow Ivan into his long day's journey into nighty night? Ivan Decker. All right, a lot of support for Ivan. And who agreed with John and thinks 40 winks stinks? John Steinberg. <laughs> it's close. I've got to give this one to Ottawa's own John Steinberg, everybody! Big hand for John Steinberg and Ivan Decker! You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash thedebaters. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? Yes! I thought so. This comic bought a book about fear of abandonment, but then left it on the bus. It's Because News' Jan Caruana. Jan, come on out here. There she is. Hi, Jan. Welcome Hi, to the Steve. show. Jan, to my left, looks ready. And this comic was ejected from a Las Vegas supermarket for counting carts. It's Graham Chittenden, one of our favorites. Graham Chittenden, Kid Thunder, they call him. Here's a topic that we hope will have you salivating. Sandwiches. Are they superior to wraps? There's one person that's excited. 
You may not know this, Ottawa, but the sandwich is named after England's Earl of Sandwich. It's true. The Earl was apparently gambling late one night and didn't want to leave the table, so he ordered someone to bring him a slice of meat between two pieces of bread. Et voila! The sandwich was born. Interestingly, the claim to this invention was hotly contested by his gambling opponents that evening. The Count of Monte Cristo, <laughs> a man named Reuben, <laughs> and a Mr. Sub. <laughs> but then the four of them came together to form a club. Anyway, sorry, it's the last one. It's time now for a debate where there's no need to be a Euro. So, whereas they're an iconic food that has more flavor, fewer carbs, and are easier to assemble, be it resolved, sandwiches are superior to wraps. Jan, you're arguing for this, please. You have two minutes. Starting now, Jan Carwana. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. The argument that sandwiches are superior to wraps is simple and can be illustrated in examples from one's own life. Imagine a time when you felt trapped in your job, in your relationship, unable to spread your wings and truly be free. This is what it is to be a wrap. <laughs> Whether it be tuna salad, prosciutto and boccaccini, or even the humble PB&J, Sandwich toppings were meant to breathe easy between two slices of bread, not to be tucked into a wrap like a weary traveler in a too tight hotel bed, aching to kick off the yoke of hospital corners and the patriarchy. <laughs> and let's discuss the wrap itself for a moment. On its own, it's nothing but an oversized communion wafer. <laughs> with half the personality and none of the flavor. <laughs> Whereas bread comes in myriad flavors and textures, unlike the homogeneous wrap, which expects you to live in a one-size-fits-all world. Well, let me tell you something, brother. The world is far too big and beautiful to be limited by wraps. I want to experience all she has to offer. I want to holla from the rooftops. <laughs> care if you think I'm being too wry. I want to roll with everything life throws at me and eat with wonder. Bread! Dan Carwana, everybody! Thank you. Yeah! Well, well, well. First debate, but won't be the last. Did you hear all those puns, Graham? Yeah. Someone's gunning for your job. Puns? <laughs> I know where my bread is buttered. Puns are funny. She's still going. Now, here to preach to us of the rapture. <laughs> Let's hear from one of our favorites, Graham Chittenden. Thank you. Wraps are pockets of wonderful sustenance, and sandwiches are stacks of crap. Yes, sandwiches are easier to assemble. So, we take extra time to wrap the things we care about. You know, newborn babies, gifts for loved ones. Wraps are folded with careful purpose. And sandwiches are, by all accounts, slapped together. <laughs> Yum! <laughs> you know what gets slapped together? 
Uh, shotgun weddings. <laughs> Carnival rides. CTV sitcoms. <laughs> they named burritos after a donkey for their ability to hold a lot of stuff. And burritos, like most wraps, can hold sauces, ground meats, rice, salsas. I've never witnessed a sandwich hold on to its tomato slice past the first bite. <laughs> Yes, sandwiches are named for their inventor, John Montague, the Earl of Sandwich, an English nobleman who, much like his own invention, was inbred. <laughs> and this was centuries after other cultures had already created, invented the wrap, the samosa, the shawarma, the burrito, and then this Englishman ignored history. No surprise there. <laughs> Then, as time progressed, it became more than just a degenerate gambler's snack. It became the biggest gamble one would take when shopping for food at a gas station. <laughs> then came funerals. <laughs> where we serve tiny sandwiches to remind people that there are things worse than death. They have, they have tried to improve the sandwich. Cutting the crusts off, removing the top piece of bread, and then serving them open-faced. <laughs> Which means that even the purveyors of this doughy nightmare admit that the only way to improve a sandwich is to serve less sandwich. <laughs> and while I feel like my opponent's argument has been slapped together like a cheese sandwich at a hospital, <laughs> I hope on this topic we can wrap things up nicely. Thank you very much. Graham Chicken! Oh, yeah. All right, debaters, it is time now for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether sandwiches are superior to wraps, so let's hope that you two glutens for punishment don't repeat a joke. And if you loaf about and get in a pickle, you may or may not win. If you lose, I'll focaccia your name instantly. <laughs> but if you win, then kebab's your uncle. <laughs> Bag, get started now. Graham, you mentioned that we take time to wrap things we care about, like babies and presents, but you know what else gets wrapped, Graham? Mummies. Spooky, <laughs> scary mummies. Graham, look into my eyes, okay? I'm haunted by so many things. I don't need to add lunch to that list. But look, they wrapped those mummies and they're still kind of fresh. Isn't that good? <laughs> I just feel like we're discussing two portable forms of food and that's not really true because you, a wrap, you can eat a wrap, you can drive. If you're eating a sandwich, you can only drive home to change your pants. That's the only place. <laughs> I disagree. You talk about sandwiches being messy. If you've ever gotten to the end of a wrap, what do you do? And that thing is shotgun in its guts. Right onto your crotch, babe. The thing about wraps is that 
from other parts of the world, they're grilled, they're baked, they're deep fried, there's texture, there's crunch. Here in North America, wraps are what? They're white, they're pasty, they're gummy. They're, they're the Nicole Kidman of lunches. <laughs> Mate? Fair, but... <laughs> I mean, I mean fair to call them the Nicole Kidman of lunches. <laughs> because she was with the craziest man in Hollywood, and what did she do? She kept it all together. All right, that's the fair enough around. Good work, good work, both of you. We got ourselves a debate. It is time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on wraps versus sandwiches, brought to you by a Dr. Hellman's. <laughs> Dr. Hellman's, he's the director of condiments at the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> According to Delishably.com, when making a wrap, what should you never do? Jan. Think, I bet I could do this with my feet. <laughs> that's, that's a slow roll. It's a slow roll, but you got him. You got him. So, sometimes in Ottawa, they get grossed out first, but then they get it. <laughs> Graham Chittenden. I think sneeze. At least you get that thing closed up. <laughs> that, that's a good answer. Uh, you should never start with a cold tortilla because it will tear or crack. <laughs> Just created a bunch of chefs here. <laughs> what was the original name of the sandwich chain, Subway? Jan Carwanum. Smells like the Subway. <laughs> <laughs> they just shortened it. I like that. Graham? Food by the foot? <laughs> I like that. Three points. Food by the foot. It was Peter's Super Submarines. <laughs> Isn't that a Beatles song? Close. We all live in Peter's Super Submarines. Actor Keanu Reeves says when you're eating a sandwich, it's a drag to have what happen. Jan? It's a drag when the sandwich drops below 50 miles an hour and blows up. <laughs> gotta eat the sandwich quickly. Those that got it, got it. The others, I will never be able to explain. Keanu says it's a drag to have your picture taken by paparazzi. We would also have accepted have half of the sandwich stuck in the matrix. Competitive eater Joey Chestnut holds the record for the most corned beef sandwiches eaten in 10 minutes, the most burritos eaten in 10 minutes, and in 2021, he broke what other world record? Jan. Long jump. <laughs> Look at that. That woke up Ottawa. Incorrect, but three points. Graham Chittenden. My guess is most constipated. <laughs> <laughs> also pretty good. One and a half points. Most hot dog eaten in 10 minutes with 76. 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's the firing line, everybody. It is almost time for our Centerpoint Theatre audience to vote again. But first, here again to wrap it up with a Rhapsody. 
hear from the conductor of comedy himself, Graham Chittenden. Thank you. Decades ago, Subway, formerly Pete's whatever, <laughs> unknowingly began the much-deserved decline of the sandwich. They gathered the worst group of artists outside of an improv troupe <laughs> and made sandwiches using bread that was more yoga mat than wheat, <laughs> then sold them by length as though they were two-by-fours. <laughs> then, in the year 2000, sandwiched between a false disaster, Y2K, and a real one, 9-11, Subway gave us a true disaster, Jared and showed us what sandwiches truly are. Weight loss supplements for sexual predators. <laughs> so feel free to cheer for sandwiches in a moment. <laughs> but with the modern use of facial recognition technology used on live audiences this day, I'm not saying your house will get raided, I just don't know how that works. So I'll finish by saying what you say when something is done properly and completely. That's a wrap. Yeah. Graham Chittenden on behalf of the wrap. Thanks, Graham. Now, here to tell you that any way you slice it, the Super Sandwich successfully saves the day. Let's hear again from Jan Caruana. In 1762, the fourth Earl of Sandwich changed the game forever. Since then, we have seen innumerable permutations of the sandwich. Toppings and breads freewheeling together like the beautiful hippies at Yasger's farm in 1969, man. And co-mingling in ways that decency and the law preclude me from discussing in Ottawa. <laughs> Conversely, the wrap is the missionary position of meals. <laughs> a dry, boring excursion where your turkey lies there lifelessly while salami barely moves on top of her. <laughs> Lay back and think of the queen, my friends. Because a wrap is no fun for anybody. Sandwiches equal liberation from the tyranny of lunch. An invitation to grab life with two hands and take a big bite. A decree to love who you want and eat what you want. In conclusion, give me bread or make me dead. Thank you! Jan Caruana, her first debate for us. What a great one. I mean, this was about sandwiches, and this is better than, I'm going to say, 97% of the political debates I've ever heard. <laughs> Audience, it is up to you to vote by applause. Who agreed with Jan that from yeast to west, sandwiches are best? Jan Carwana. <laughs> We're behind Jan. And who answered Graham's roll call and agreed with his old grain of truth about raps? Graham Chittenden. This is very, very close, and uh, you know what? It's a tie. It's inconclusive. Sandwiches and wraps. Have them both. Big in for Jed Carwana and Graham Chittenden, everybody.
Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying to all you sandwich artists out there, let me be your canvas. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night. The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Nicole Callender, Chloe Edbrook, Dean Jenkinson, and Graham Clark. With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis, and Gary Jones. Technical production by James Perella and Conrad Hajazi. Story editing by Gary Jones. With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys and David Pride. Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Meridian Theatres in Ottawa. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.